Cripple Content Creations presents Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability, with your host, Andrew Gerza. Disability After Dark, with Andrew Gerza, shining a bright light on sex and disability. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hey everybody, thank you so much for clicking on this brand new episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. Hey folks, friends, and lovers, everybody in between that, welcome to a new episode. I'm recording this on Saturday morning at 11.26 a.m., just before I head out to Halifax Pride. By the time this goes live, I will have done that. And I'm going to do a whole episode on me being asked to go there because so excited. I've never been out east. For those of you who don't live in Canada, Halifax is in the eastern part of Canada. And I've never been out there. And they asked me to come and speak at their pride on what it means to be your number one queer cripple. So I'm doing that really soon. And I wanted to pound out an episode or two, so here we go, gonna do it, let's go. Also this morning, just a little bit of a sidebar, there was a fire alarm this morning at 8 o'clock when I was waking up, and as a disabled person, when there's a fire alarm, your very first thought is, oh no, it's not a real fire, everything will be fine, somebody just pulled the alarm, and because you, cause you realize that you're disabled, and therefore I'm lying in bed and I can't get out of my bed on my own so i was like well what's gonna happen when i can't like, like you when you hear the fire alarm as a disabled person your very first thought is like I, it can't be a fire because i can't get out so it, it can't be real and then when the, the fire marshals said it, like hey this is the toronto fire marshals here we are uh they were like oh actually there is a fire and we're dealing with smoke inhalation right now so stay in your apartments and i was like oh fuck like what do i what do i do what's gonna happen am i gonna be okay who knows so there was a good hour this morning when where i got up and i and i go to sleep with no clothes on so i woke up with a raging erection this morning i just thought i would throw that in because it's a sex podcast we'll go with a raging erection and then woke up to oh there's a fire and i just thought well great how am i like What's going to happen? I have a huge boner and someone going to come save me? Is I secretly hoped that a hot fireman would barge into my apartment, see my boner, and be like, oh, I have to just stop for a minute and blow you, hot, disabled guy. That was what I was secretly hoping would happen. Of course, it didn't. But I secretly hoped that it would. And then also, I haven't been sleeping super well because, you know... You might not know this, but I also love I love true crime and paranormal stuff. I've been listening to a lot of, and that's why we drink. That's one of my like favorite podcasts right now. And so the other day, I woke up at three in the morning after feeling like somebody grabbed me. And I, you know, I'm 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 skeptical about the ghost thing, but I was I was totally asleep. I might have been dreaming. I don't know, but I definitely felt like somebody grabbed me, and I was like, oh fuck. That was definitely not, and not just a little tap grab, like grabbed me and shook me a little bit, and then I woke up. Now it could have totally been a dream, could have not have been real, but for a minute I was like, "There's a ghost here," and I couldn't, 
fall back asleep. So I like, got, I woke up and I turned on Bob's Burgers to like calm myself because I didn't know how to feel comfortable. And I turned on my phone and just watched TV for an hour because I was like, something just grabbed me. So I haven't slept super well. So I'm recording this podcast a little bit loopy today, but I'm excited you're here. Get comfy. Get ready to shine a bright light on sex and disability with me because we're going to do it right now. So you've heard on the show recently me telling you about a new venture that my sister and I are working on. My sister who lives in Australia. We're working on this new thing. We want to try to create a line of sex toys for disabled people, by disabled people, through disability-driven design. That's what we're aiming to do because there's currently nothing available on the market that is specifically designed with disabled people's pleasure first because, well, why would there be, right? I mean, disabled people can't have sex, so they certainly shouldn't have pleasure, right? Well, that's not true. We know that's not true. We know that's just a complete fallacy. If you've listened to any of this show, you know that that we, I have sex and pleasure all the time. Um, and there needs to be toys that allow for that. So if you want to, to donate to our campaign to do the research for this, for creating this line of toys, you can head over to deliciouslydisabled.ca and donate what you can or, you know, pass around our GoFundMe page to your contacts. Let people know even $5, $10, $1. We appreciate whatever help you can offer this. And that's, that's the end of my shameless plug for what we're doing. But for this episode, I want to take a look at what is currently available on the market in terms of toys and how those toys may or may not work for disabled people. A couple of months ago, I reached out to our awesome sponsor, Come As You Are, and I asked them to send me some toys to review. So what they did for me was they graciously popped a few things in the mail, and let me tell you, the day that came in the mail, that was a fun, that was a fun thing for me to have to deal with my attendants and the, the landlord because it came in a big box, the toys they sent me came in a box, and um, and so they went to the, the management office of my building, and the management office says oh there's a there's a there's a a package here for you and it says on it like from come as you are and here like so it's all labeled and so the the the, i went to go get the toy with the attendant and the attendant goes oh what is this and the landlord said oh do you want me to open it for you before you get here and i said no 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 no. it's all right it's okay it's fine so i i had to like go upstairs with my attendants and be like oh it's just for work it's a work thing like don't don't look at it, don't open it, thanks so much. And it was really awkward dealing with the attendant and the landlord trying to figure out what was in this box when it was really just a bunch of sex toys. It was a really fun day for me having to explain that to them. When I initially thought about putting together this episode, I was like, well, if I'm going to review sex toys, I should probably use the toys. And then I was like, how am I going to review them on the air and talk about, like, how am I going to do all that? And then I was like, how am I going to, like, call over my friend and be like, hey, you want to come over and, like, help me get off on the air to do this for the show. Like I didn't quite, I don't quite know how I would, how I would explain to somebody that I want you to help me get off or use these toys to get off so I can then put it on a podcast and do it on the air for my audience. I mean, Davey Wavy, who does his YouTube channel, um, who does his YouTube channel sometimes has like porn stars put things in his, in his ass 
for his YouTube channel, which I think is so hot. But I was like, how am I going to do... This is going to be so weird. How am I going to get somebody to come over and basically have sex with me with a toy or help me set up a toy to know that it'll be, it will be on a podcast? So I wasn't really sure how to do that or how to make that leap. If anybody who's listening wants to help me try out a toy and maybe get naked with me and do all that, I'm more, I'm more than willing to explore that as an option. But for this one... I didn't really know how to, like, how do you send out that tweet? Hey, Disability After Dark listeners, does somebody want to come out and uh, get me off to do a show with me? Like, how, how, how does one do that? Um, so I really wasn't sure how to make that go, and I didn't wanted to make sure that I was professional here. So I didn't do that for this episode, but if anybody wants to, tr- to do that with me, I'm more than willing to, to do that. Um, and so, hi, Mom. Hi, Mom. My mom listened to this show, so it's just awkward that she would just hear about my sex life. Hey, mom. Hey. Um, so, <laughs> the first toy that I want to look at that I have to review for this episode is the Intimate Rider. Now, this is one of the most popular sex and disability devices out there on the market right now. And it is referred to on their site as a, quote, Sexual Mobility Assistant. Immediately upon looking at their site, I, as both a sex educator, a cripple content creator, and your number one queer cripple, was immediately, I gotta say, I was immediately turned off from this product. From just going on their website right away, I was, it was like, that was a giant giant no for me um the very first thing you see on their website is a picture of the most conventionally looking non-disabled seemingly able-bodied couple making out um and they they're they're shot from the neck up so you don't really know you don't know initially that they're disabled the uh the imagery the drawing of the intimate rider is like super gendered it's a it's a silhouette of two two a man and a woman like necking each other again there's no there's no suggestion that this has anything to do with disability initially which i found kind of problematic when looking at it and it just felt super white and super ableist from looking at it like it just doesn't feel like it's really catered to this to the disabled community at all not only that um, there, the tagline for this product is the challenge is no longer how we can, hang on, the challenge is no longer how we can be intimate, but how intimate can we be? Ew, it's so, there's so much, like, it, when I read that I was like, that's gross, like, no, this is so, it's so obviously created by a non-disabled person, and it's created by a team of people who are not disabled, and who don't have the lived experience or the diversity to be selling this product properly. Just so problematic. By saying the challenge, basically you're saying that disability is a challenge. And disability is... You're just, you're just feeding into ableism so much, I think. And you're pandering to, like, disabled people who don't feel proud about their disabilities, who want to have, quote-unquote, normal sex. And I really see that as being super problematic for a company that is supposed to be catering to the disabled population. Because we all know that you very quickly realize when you're disabled and start having sex that it doesn't have to look or feel quote-unquote normal. And so 
this, the way that this is marketed just feels like it's trying to force you into a box of having normal sex, and I just don't agree with that. Okay, so if you don't know what this toy is and you're wondering what it looks like, let me describe it to you in as much detail as possible. And if you want, you can head you pause me right now and head over to intimaterider.com and see it for yourself. But let me do my best to describe it for you. Um, it's a tiny little black chair that somebody with a penis would sit in. And I'm saying somebody with a penis because their whole marketing is really gendered and really is like, you as the man would sit in this chair and then like be able to penetrate your partner again, meaning, meaning woman. Um, and so I'm saying person with the penis because we all know that the gender is binary. That's not real. And so I don't want to contribute to that. So, um, it's a tiny little black chair that a penis having person sits in and the chair goes back and forth to simulate the thrusting motion common in penetration. So, as I'm looking at it, I'm looking at a picture of it right now. It's a, a really tiny chair. It's really, really tiny. And looking at the specifications of this chair, it's like... It's going to pull up the picture of it. It's literally like so tiny that I don't know. Like, I don't know how anybody with complex disabilities or spasms or any kind of like movement issue could actually sit in this chair at all. Um, it just doesn't look like you could really truly sit in this chair and feel comfortable. I know that if I was to use this chair to thrust and I'm somebody who, you know, I would love the ability to properly thrust my dick into somebody because I can't and I would love to be able to do that. So, so when I first, first heard of this chair, I was excited to try, but the more and more I look at it, the more and more I realize how in fact inaccessible this product is for me because I would just fall off I would literally just fall off the chair. And you know, the pictures and videos of the people using this product are obviously people who go to the gym every day. They don't look disabled in any way. They are really fit. Like the picture of the guy fucking his female partner from the back just looks like he's a guy who literally went who walked over to the weight machine and sat down on this thing and was like, here, let's take a picture so that it looks like I'm doing this. But in no way does this person actually look disabled. What's funny about that is they have testimonials from couples and people who have, have apparently used this product. And I what I would have loved to have seen is if they would, you know, do pictures of the couples using it, do pictures of them actually using it so that we can see that they're comfortable. Obviously, they were probably concerned about the person's privacy, blah, blah, I get that, but talk to them, you know, talk to disabled people who do porn saying, would you, would you do this, would you try this product for us? You know, there are, there are ways they could have made this a lot more, a lot more catered to the community they're supposedly serving than they have done. So, Intimate Rider describes this product as the original revolutionary Intimate Rider has been able, has been helping couples overcome physical challenges and disabilities for years. Ew. Ew. The Intimate Rider's patented technology allows you to, to achieve a broader range of motion with minimal effort, allowing you and your partner to unleash your intimacy in a way that was not possible before the way you deserve. 
It's comfortable, easy to use, stores discreetly away, and there's no right or wrong way to use it. It's entirely up to you. Well, I mean, there's only one really way to use it if you're gonna if, if you're gonna if you're gonna vaginally or anally penetrate your partner. I suppose if a partner was able to get in certain positions, they could possibly do oral sex with this thing, but I don't really think so. I mean, I guess you could thrust, you could sit on it and like thrust your dick into into your partner's mouth that way if that's if you wanted to like face fuck somebody, but it doesn't look like that would be super comfortable. Um it's just so it doesn't it just looks like it looks like a shower chair that's a little bit smaller with a little bit of padding over it. And for this kind of thing, they want to charge you three hundred and sixty five US dollars for this product. And then, along with the Intimate Rider, the original, they have the Rider Mate. Who the fuck came up with these names? The Rider Mate. Which says, which looks like, I swear to God, before I get into its description, it looks like a little bench. A tiny, tiny little bench. And for that little bench, which says, apparently, so you've experienced the Intimate Rider firsthand and thought, it doesn't get any better than this. No, I haven't, and I would not think that the way you've, the way you've marketed this to me. It, this is not marketed for me, so I would never think it doesn't get any better than this. Well, it does. Introducing the Rider Mate, made exclusively for your partner to use with the Intimate Rider. Using the Rider Mate along with the Intimate Rider will give you many more options when it comes to enhancing your intimate experiences. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. So. The intimate rider, you're sitting on it and you thrust into your partner. So with the rider mate, does your partner just sit there with their legs open while you thrust into them? Like, is it just, are you just having sex where you're sitting down in chairs? Or in, in a seated positions that somebody with complex disabilities can't sit in? Like, it doesn't describe how you would use this at all. And again, it's just a bench. And for this bench, this company wants to charge you... 150 US dollars. Wow. How inaccessible is that toy? And we're not done yet. There are more products that we can look at. And I'm going to pull some up right now. There's the Romance Set. Which is the Intimate Rider and the Rider Mate combo together. The two things together are going to cost you... So what is what is essentially... A commode chair that the thrusts and a, a shower bench are going to cost you 515 US dollars. It's so not financially accessible to somebody with disabilities. It's a little bit ridiculous. And then, we're not even done. They have the adventure set or the liberator, which is literally the intimate rider bench, the, the, the romance set bench. And the uh, and a, and, a, and a, a piece of foam wedging, which if anybody with complex disabilities, we all know what those are. Those are like positioning wedges that we all have in our homes at one point to, to for turning and stuff like that. It's a big wedge, and I used to do gymnastics. And my friend, my friend who did gymnastics with me and was my gymnastics coach, would make these big wedges out of 
foam and like i'm sure he made something very similar but i'm also sure that it wouldn't cost me seven hundred dollars to buy a piece of foam wedging for me to lie on for my partner to fuck me on um, and that that's what this company wants me to pay to get into these positions i just don't think that's really realistic um and the way they talk about this foam wedge and literally that's all it is i'm going to read it to you now it, they, they're like, the adventure begins where the intimate writer and liberator meet. So many new angles, positions, that it's hard to decide where to start. The buffet of sexual excitement and sensations will have you craving for more. <laughs> oh my god, who wrote this copy? Oh no. Heather, if you're listening, when we create our, our product, we're not using any of this horrible language to describe our stuff. The pulsating motion of the intimate writer combined with the soft and sensual feel of the writer mate deluxe create an adventure to remember okay this doesn't look like an adventure at all this woman is lying down on this wedge looking like she doesn't want to be penetrated by this guy and he's over top of her holding her down by the way holding her in what looks like a really uncomfortable almost forceful position to get fucked she does not look like she's enjoying that um and this this piece of wedge foam certainly doesn't look like it's making her feel it doesn't look like she's feeling a buffet of sexual excitement or any sensations that she actually enjoys so two things whoever wrote this copy is ridiculous and i'm not spending 715 dollars to get a piece of foam not doing it oh wow as i was going through i found their accessories just for the Intimate Rider seat cushion, just for the seat cushion, it's $80 US. And then below that, they have the positioning support strap. And I just want to read you the ridiculousness, the ridiculousness of this description for this product. It's only $16, but here's what you're apparently getting. The positioning strap alleviates some of the pressure from your back and will bring you even closer to your partner as you enjoy the intimate rider. Simply wrap the strap around the hips of your partner as she waits for you on all fours. <laughs> well, obviously, I can't use this product because I would want a man to be waiting for me to sleep with him. It's, again, super gendered. It says... Perfect for you and your partner to use when using the Intimate Mate Adventure Set or the Romance Set in all your favorite, in all your favorite positions. Quads or quadriplegics now have a support handle that will increase momentum and performance while using the Intimate Rider, padded with a plush black microfiber. Oddly enough, the visual of the the visual for this is a is a cisgendered white guy, fucking a or miming to fuck a cisgendered white woman in a in a bra and panties and they're not even using any of the products they talk about it's just so fucking ableist i can't even i don't even know where to start but you want me to spend all this money for products that don't meet somebody with a complex disability like mine like it just doesn't make any sense just for a travel bag? A travel bag to carry all this stuff in. The bag itself is just $85. What the fuck? People with disabilities don't have this kind of money to spend on... If I'm going to throw my sex toy in a bag, I'm going to buy a bag at the dollar store for like a buck and figure that shit out. I'm not going to spend 85 bucks for... Any, for 
No way. No way. This whole brand assumes that people were in... It assumes that people were in accidents and therefore have insurance money from the accidents they were in. Um, and then it also assumes a certain level of ability that is just not realistic when it comes to many of us with disabilities. And, I mean, these products could be made... I could go to my local welder and say, I want you to figure this out for me. Can we figure it out together? I am sure it is way less than $365 for the intimate rider and way less than $715 for a wedge of foam for me to fuck my partner on. Anyone who does welding or, or occupational therapeutic engineering and wants to look at things like this, let's have a discussion about how much that would actually cost and how much you would charge somebody on limited income with a disability to make a product like this. But $365? No way. When the typical... Um, Living allowances for somebody with a disability are 365 bucks a month. So do you want to pay rent that month or do you want to fuck? Which one? These price points are not realistic. I also want to talk briefly about Dallas Novelty, who's been doing some work around um, catering to the disabled community when it comes to sex toys. And the, their, their tagline is that sex is for everybody. And they they have been trying to put sex and disability in the forefront when it comes to talking about sex toys. So I perused their website. It's okay. It's just a, it's a, it's a sex shop, and they have disabled sex toys and toys that could be adapted for somebody with disabilities. Um, they have a disabled sex toy section on their, on their shop. But again, I found it to be, and this is my own personal experience, I found it to be really gendered. For instance, they... They carry things called dude wipes, which are basically baby wipes, which anybody with a disability normally would use. And, but they're just marketed to men, which is ridiculously gendered and just no way. Um, but the way Dallas Novelty talks about their disabled sex toys is they have sections for the, um, for the caregiver-assisted sexual devices, limited hand mobility, limited strength and flexibility, Sexual aids, no hand movements. So just toys that they would have suggested for you if you have limited hand movement, need help from an attendant, uh, limited strength and flexibility, all that stuff. But when you look at it, there's nothing really revolutionary about any of these toys. And there's nothing that is particularly created with disability in mind here. And again, really super gendered. Um, also, the price points for a lot of these toys are upwards of like to buy a flashlight is 84 US dollars uh which is just again out of out of line for somebody with a disability who does who can't afford that um looking at a vibrator we're looking at like vibrators are a little bit less but there's again there's nothing with disability in mind here they talk a lot on their website about how we don't think about disability enough how disability doesn't affect us until it does. Um, they talk about how 49% of America is considered disabled. Doesn't mean you can't go without sexual pleasure. Um, and how they're a supporter of people becoming sex-abled and enjoying sexual pleasure again. Again, they are focusing on people with spinal cord injuries and not looking at people who have been born 
into a disabled life and who um and who need different discussions around disability when it comes to sex. So I feel like they're doing great work and I support them and what they're doing, but I think we need to look at other ways to talk about disability that are a little bit less a little bit less you have a spinal cord injury and that's the only way you can be disabled. And a little bit more, you have different levels of disability entirely. Let's talk about that. There's a lot more to come on this episode of Disability After Dark. But first, we're going to play some ads from our awesome sponsor and some great listeners. So we'll do that and we'll be right back on Disability After Dark, the podcast shining light on sex and disability with your host, Andrew Gerza. This episode of Disability After Dark has been brought to you by the worker owners of Come As You Are. Come As You Are has the peculiar distinction of being the world's only worker-owned cooperative sex shop. With feminist and anti-capitalist values, Come As You Are only carries sexuality products that they truly believe in at the lowest price possible. Get free shipping at www.comeasyouare.com using coupon code AFTERDARK. Hi, my name is Michael Leontorno, and I produce AMI-audio's weekly panel discussion show, Open Dialogue. I also listen to Disability After Dark, the podcast to shine a bright light on sex and disability. My name is Kyle, and I listen to the Disability After Dark podcast, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. And we're back. I want to thank Come As You Are for being an amazing sponsor, and for the awesome individuals who sent in ads telling me that they listen to the show. If you listen to the show and you have something you want to say, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or sending in for a Minnesota or sending in your 30-second voice clip about what the show means to you. And you can do all that and send all that in to disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Really, I want want to have my inbox flooded with uh, Minnesota ideas. So... As you're listening to this episode, if you have ideas or you have things you want to talk about, if you're a non-disabled person and you have questions about disability, please feel free to email me at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. And then once a week, I will release a minisode about um, whatever it is you write in about, and I will talk about it around disability, sexuality, ableism, all those things will be explored in the, in the letters you send to me. Um, so send me your thick, girthy letters to, again, disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. But now, back to the show. Okay, so before we get to the show, something I'm having a little bit of anxiety about, but I'm excited to maybe share, is that a few months ago, I got an email from the National Center for Disability Journalism, and they emailed me and said, we stumbled on your show with Disability After Dark, and we were wondering if you wanted to submit some episodes for an award. Um, We were wondering if you wanted to submit some episodes for an award, and I was super hesitant to do it. I was like, oh no, my show is not good enough. Like, okay, my show is not good enough for this at all. No, no, no way. So the, the, the applications are due August 6th, and I... Just last week, decided to finally do it. I took the plunge, and I submitted four of my favorite episodes of this program, four 10-minute clips, and I wrote about what the show meant for me. So the program where episode 65 with my mom, episode 54 with 
the dating coach on wheels. I mean, Lankani's in there and two other ones that I can't remember what I picked, but I, I could win $10,000 for this program. And even if I win or not, just the fact that, that this show has been considered for something like that, it blows my mind. I'm still, I have super anxiety about it because I'm like, my show's not a real thing. People don't really listen to this. No way. And so now this is happening and people are taking, taking notice to the point where it's being suggested for awards. So that's fucking awesome that, a, that a, a little show that I do out of my bedroom once a week is creating that much buzz. That's just, that's, I'm just so thankful for anybody, everybody who listens and for a show that's making people sit up and take notice. I, I got uh, a Twitter message from somebody from Barcelona today who was like, I started listening to you and thank you for your work and it means a lot to me and it just blows my mind that people actually listen to my ramblings and listen to this show and it's doing something to people and making them feel like their voices around sexuality and disability and just disability generally are being heard so I'm so appreciative and I just wanted to share that but now really back to the show okay so I pulled out my sex toy bag I have a bag where I store things like my pop hood and my lubes and my harnesses and all I have a bag that I store in my house that I have where I can see it all the time when I want to get frisky or play there's a I have a bag that I put stuff in which I bought at a sex convention for like a dollar just to go back to how Intimate Rider wants to charge 85 bucks for a bag no way fuck you um so in this bag I'm gonna pull out some things and I'm gonna pull out some toys and I'm gonna talk about them and these are the ones that Come As You Are mailed to me. Thanks, Come As You Are, for that. I appreciate that. Also, if you go on Come As You Are's website and you type in After Dark, you can get free shipping, um, which is amazing, which is really cool. So if you type in After Dark, you can do get, get free shipping. I haven't promoted that enough, but you totally can and you should and do that. So, And I'm really happy that they're a sponsor of me. So let me just go through the bag right now. I'm going to pull out things. And the first thing I'm pulling out is my poppy hood, which I haven't used in a while, but it's there. Um, and I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who was like, who was like, you should look at harnesses that were accessible. And we realized that a bunch of harnesses that I had bought for myself weren't actually accessible. So I have a few harnesses here that I can't use anymore that I'd like to offer to sell to anybody who um, wants a harness. Uh, I have one from Fort Trough and one from Northbound Leather in Toronto that I can't use. And so any, anybody who wants to wear a harness and who wants to maybe support my sex toy thing can purchase a harness that way. Um, because a lot of these harnesses have a lot of straps and when you're wearing harnesses with straps, like I said, I think back in episode 25, when you wear harnesses with a lot of straps and buckles and you're disabled, it can dig into your skin and I'll feel very nice. So I have a few that I can no longer use that I'd like to offer to sell. Okay, so now I'm going to review uh, one of the things that Cummings are sent to me, which was a... Tanga Easy Beat Egg, 
which is a which I found out from reading is a like a, a sex sleeve for masturbation or solo play. And I'm gonna open it live on the air right now to sh- to talk about accessibility for somebody with limited dexterity and, in my case, cerebral palsy, and what that means for just even getting the package open. I obviously, like I said earlier, I can't put it on right now and actually do it because I don't have somebody there to assist me with that right now. But if somebody wants to do that sometime, let me know. Okay, so I'm going to just try to open it now uh, and talk us through this. So there's a little paper tab which you pull and bring it, and brings it down. For somebody with limited dexterity, pulling it open could be hard, could be a little bit difficult. Um, and I'm trying to do it and not drop the egg on the floor at the same time. Come on, let's get it. Yeah, I would save it for myself with limited dexterity. Getting this egg open just to unpackage it or unbox it is kind of hard. Um, it comes in like a literal egg shape, which can be really difficult to hold if you have spasms. And then when you get it out of the packaging, I've almost got it there. It, it opens up like an egg, which is a, it's an adorable design, but I don't know if it's entirely accessible to somebody with, de- with dexterity disabilities. Um, and it just popped open in my hand, so I'm going to put it on my lap, and then we'll talk about it. Hang on. So in looking at it, and I'm playing with it right now, it, it's a it's a really soft kind of gel. It sort of feels like if I was to tell you describe how it feels, it feels like really malleable um, jelly, kind of like a marshmallow feel to it. It feels very marshmallow-esque, and really, it literally is just a sleeve that you put over your junk to. Um, to masturbate into and I just think the trouble with for somebody with limited dexterity with this type of toy is that I don't think I would be able to get I just barely got it open and me getting it open was like a big it was a feat by itself I don't know how somebody with limited dexterity would actually get it around their hard penis enough to properly have it on to masturbate also when you open it it comes with a bunch of lube inside it which is nice but can be really jarring if you're trying to like put it on. Um, it should be. I, I like the the egg design. I think it's cute, but I don't think it's a very um, ac- accessible that way. I think if they packaged it more in just like the trouble with disability and especially those of us with dexterity disabilities is that we need everything to that we use to never actually be packaged. Ever. It just needs to be oh, like in an open case, totally not at all packaged ever. So um, I would love to see this toy in a more free-flowing, like a, like a bag of some sort. Something where you don't have to use fine motor skills, but you can use gross motor skills. And the trouble with putting the sleeve on your penis, 
as a disabled person with limited dexterity is how do you open the the sleeve enough to get it on and be able to to do that independently They also sent me a bunch of lubes, like some liquid lubes and things like that. And again, the way the lube is packaged is that it comes in a little individual package. And I understand why. But as somebody with, I'll say again, limited dexterity, very limited dexterity, opening those packages is really hard. Um, so when, we're, when we are creating our first line of sex toys for people with disabilities, I'm going to really focus in on the way these products are packaged and the way we package them to meet the needs of people with disabilities, just so they can, <coughs> if they have the ability to do so independently, they can actually access the toys independently and open them without having to call an attendant and say, hi, can you just come up to my apartment and open my sex toy, please? I want them to be able to open them without as much trouble. And I am not, I'm not even going to bother opening the lubes that I was given here to review because... <coughs> I can already see that they are really tough to open and they would just get everywhere. So when you're creating, if you're looking to adapt sex toys, people who are looking to do that, um, you want to make sure you package them in something that somebody with limited dexterity could actually open. And just looking at a lot of the stuff that in the package came ways to clean the toy and washing information. I'm wondering if we haven't reached a point now where we could consider creating self-cleaning toys or toys that toys that have some sort of washing mechanism in them so that people with disabilities don't have to worry whether or not their attendant clean their toy properly. Whether it'll just clean itself. Can we can we work is that something we can work on? Um I'm not saying that when I create a toy I'll create the first toy with self-cleaning properties. But it's something I'm going to definitely consider and bring up to the team when we create our first line to see if there's, if there's a way that's possible for a toy. Because somebody with disabilities can't clean their sex toy out properly. And if the staff don't do it properly, they could get sick or get infections or things could happen. My I was also just thinking we could create a line of disabled sex toy lubes. And one of the best, I was thinking of like, there's there there are there are names in this bag here like Sliquid and Fuckwater. So I was thinking, what about like Cripplid and Gimp Juice for our for our sex toy lube? Um, just an idea that I was having, and I thought I would share it with you on the air. Um, but you know these these are this is just a discussion around how many of these these things are not necessarily accessible because they're not treated with a disability driven design. Um, even the, the egg, which I, th again, think is adorable, I can't actually access because of dexterity. So we need to find ways to make it much more accessible than they are right now. I would love to hear from you listeners who are disabled, who have used sex toys, and some of your experiences trying to use them on yourself or with partners, and how those experiences kind of melded or didn't meld with your disability and how your disability played a role in you trying to access sex toys. I'd love to hear those in a Minnesota or come on and be a guest on the show. You can email me about that 
at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Flood my inbox with those stories because I think they're really valuable and they'll help us when we create our own line of toys to make sure that things are done in the most accessible way possible. I'm also going to have my sister on, Heather, who is the co-creator of this line of sex toys with me. I'm going to have her on the show so we can talk about what it's like for her as my sister and how she came into this idea with me and what that means for her and why it's important. So um, I'll have her on at some point to talk about her experiences as my non-disabled sister um, coming into this world and learning about sex toys and disability with me. I think it's really valuable to hear from people who are not disabled who want to understand this stuff. So I'm really excited to have her on and I'm really excited that she wants to learn about this with me. So you'll hear from her eventually. And eventually you'll meet my whole family on the show because I'm sure I'll have my brothers on and somebody else on at some point. You've already met my mom. So more of my family will be on the show at some point. All right, so that's another episode of Disability After Dark, the podcast shining a bright light on sex and disability. I'm, of course, your host, Andrew Gerza. Thank you so much for listening and being a part of this. If you want to follow my work, you can head on over to www.andrewgerza.com or follow me on Twitter at Andrew Gerza. You can also follow the Disability After Dark podcast on Twitter by following DisAftDarkPod. You can also follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash disabilityafterdark. It would also be super awesome if you could leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts so more people can hear about the show. And if you are able and want to support the show, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash cripple content. This way we can do, do things like get better equipment, you help me make a living doing this thing. You help support content made but made by and for people with disabilities. So I can't thank you enough. And you can pledge whatever you can and as little as $1 a month to make it as financially accessible as possible. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you again next time right here on Disability After Dark. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations with music by Chris Udiucci. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright Crippled Content Creations 2018